in a world few have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Jerry, I need a favor, Jerry. <laughs> Welcome to the Gentleman Podcast. I'm Brian McKinney. I'm sitting to the left of the bog sugar of the internet world, Glenn Stansberry. <laughs> wow. Now that that is high praise. It's high praise. Bob Sugar. Bob Sugar. You're, you're saying Bob Sugar from the legendary... 20-year-old movie. The one and only. Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'll take it. Jay Moore. <laughs> yeah. Jim. As the legendary Bob Sugar. Yes. Um, yeah. That was, a, that was a great role for him. It was. A great role for me. It, it, I feel like it really... Um, the, there's a lot of aspects of Bob Sugar that, uh, that, you, that you remind me of, Glenn. Uh, actually, what... I'm like Jerry Maguire, and you're like Bob Sugar. Hmm. If I had to, you know, just, I see. you know, pick two characters from that, uh, <laughs> I would be the hero, Jerry yeah. Maguire. Yeah, okay. And you would be the villain, Bob Sugar. Or mm. I would be the kid with the, the glasses <laughs> and the spiky hair. Did you know the human head weighed 10 pounds? I wonder what happened to that guy. They have a, a oh my gosh, I think I know his name, Jared Lipnicki. Wow. I had no idea. That, I, this is like a random like burst of. Lip, You're like Wikipedia necky, all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened there, but Lipinski. I don't know, but uh, he he grew up, and I you know I think he went to high school and was like a normal kid. For one shining moment, though, you go from being uh, <laughs> Tom Cruise's surrogate son, yeah, to doing algebra with a bunch of other eighth graders. Wow. Yeah, you know. How quickly they fall. How quickly the mighty fall. Yeah. Well, anyway. We could we could spend all day trying to figure out who this kid is now. It doesn't matter who the kid is now. <laughs> it really doesn't. He's on the celluloid film yep. of Jerry Maguire. That's all that matters. A, a record-breaking film, right? I think it is the second highest grossed sport movie of all time. Second to Hoosiers? Second to... Rudy? Uh, I can't remember... We are the Titans? I don't know. Oh, we're going to get to that later. We'll talk about that later. Uh, it might be We Are the Titans. I can't. There's, there's Any one, given Sunday? There's one movie. Oh, The Replacements. Got to be The Replacements. <laughs> That's the best sports movie um, of all time. Yeah, it could be. It could be. Um, Keanu Reeves. I don't know. Uh, anyway, Glenn, we're, we'll, we'll get back to that in a second. But speaking of uh, being in Jerry Maguire, hmm. uh, we are co-founders of a site called Gentleman.com. And that has nothing to do with Jerry Maguire at all. But uh, I, so I might have made something up there. Look, it's Christmas. Um, I should probably come clean. Okay. I, 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 I might stre- stretch the um, the symbolism in my intros sometimes. Okay. Oh. Uh, and we've been through 104 episodes of the podcast. This is actually episode 104. We've been through 103 episodes of the podcast, and sometimes I have to say that my intros are stretched a little bit. <laughs> Mostly real, yeah. Oh, oh you, uh, but you take liberties with them, but slight liberties with my intros. 
Uh, but anyway, Glenn, that, that, that's neither here nor there. Okay. Okay. So let's just uh, let, let let's just let bygones be bygones. Look, it's the end of the year. It's Christmas spirit. Everyone that's out there listening needs to just. Give, Feel the Christmas in your heart and right. forgive me. Hug your headphones for, right now. Or uh, maybe stretching the truth on some of the intros to the Gentleman Podcast. <laughs> um, and speaking of stretching the truth, Glenn, uh, we are co-founders of a site called Gentleman.com. Mm-hmm. And that's not stretching the truth. No. That is the... For better or worse. Better or the worse. Truth. Uh, most emphasis on worse. Um, and uh, Gentleman.com is a lovely menagerie of Christmas time cheer... Uh, heartbreaking, tear-jerking stories, mm-hmm. information mm-hmm. Uh, about how to do, how to make your own gifts, mm-hmm. uh, information about how to shop for your own gifts, mm-hmm. uh, information about how to enjoy the Christmas season, mm-hmm. uh, information about how to laugh, to cry, how to cook bacon, how to cook bacon, um, and so it's a great little site, and you should go over there this Christmas season. And spend, instead of hanging out with your family, yes. instead of uh, mm-hmm. spending time with your wife, your kids, mm-hmm. go to gentleman.com, mm-hmm. first of all, and just, you know, look, there's hundreds of thousands of tax to look through. Mm-hmm. Hundreds of thousands of tax. Yes. Um, I would say if you got a couple weeks off from your job, it's the holidays, ignore your family and just start looking through some interesting tax from gentleman.com in the last two weeks or so. Spend time with your online family. Exactly. Your yes. gentleman family. Yes. We are your family. We're here. And we are here for you. And we are urging you to go click around on gentleman.com and explore. <laughs> noodle around. Yes. Just do a little noodling around on gentleman.com. And then once you're, once you're done noodling through gentleman.com. Noodle some more. Uh, noodle some more. And then go over to podcast.gentleman.com where you can listen to some past episodes, including episodes 1 through 103. Mm-hmm. Um, number one hundred and uh, no, sorry, number sixteen. You're not going to believe what happened in number sixteen. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, I remember. Uh, that was a that was a crazy episode. I didn't know an eyeball could do that. And let me tell you something. You can't you can't just jump to one to number sixteen. You've got yeah. to listen to because it's it's a it's a long standing story. Mm-hmm. That's you know it's a it's basically like Star Wars. Yeah. Except right. there's a hundred and three episodes of it right not there's not like four five six it's like one through 103 that you got to go back and listen to i mean would it be unfair to compare us to like um a podcast like serial yeah i mean you know where the storytelling is just unique and compelling right exactly and it's a linear story right you can't just jump into episode 64 you've got to go one through 103 so I, I would say it's a good time to get started. Mm-hmm. The holidays are a good time to get started. That's right. You got maybe you got a week off work. <sighs> you could get through at least like six episodes if you have a week in a day. Oh, in a week, yeah, yeah. In a week. Yeah. So uh, any, either way, it depends on what your dedication level is. But uh, look, the point is, Glenn, uh, you're not going to believe what happened in episode 16, <laughs> episode 37, or number 49 was wow. a particularly uh, interesting episode. I just have to say. It was. It will blow your mind. <laughs> and it will change your life. Um, anyway, uh, Glenn, if also, uh, I should mention, if you want us to change your life, you can get in touch with the Gentleman Podcast. And you can do this by sending a letter to the Gentleman Mailbag at P.O. Box 442-305, Lawrence, Kansas, 66044. We'll get your letter. We will take it. We will read it. We'll put it up on the Hall Slash Wall of Fame, which we know is the Hall of Fame. We will talk about it on the Gentleman Podcast. We will answer your questions. And we will send you something back in return. Maybe some eggnog. Maybe some eggnog, maybe some coal, depending on the nature of your 
uh, letter. <laughs> right. And uh, failing that, Glenn, uh, you know, the Christmas time is a, is a busy time for everyone. Mm-hmm. It's hard to, to write mm-hmm. letters to people. Mm-hmm. It's hard to write novels to people. Mm-hmm. It's hard to send gifts to people like us. Yeah. I mean, um, it's not that hard. It's not that hard. But some people find it hard. And if they do, if it's too hard to send a letter or a gift right, or, or cash. you know, cash money, yeah. um, mm-hmm. which would be nice, mm-hmm. uh, they can uh, send us an email, howdyatgentleman.com. Uh, they can uh, get in touch with us at Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, uh, YouTube, uh, hotornot.com, Chidio, uh, uh, Plurk, uh, Farmers Only. Farmers Only for sure. And, um, and also uh, Snapchat. But not really Snapchat, because whoever's on Snapchat really isn't gentlemen. So That's true. We we have some. We have a faux gentleman on Snapchat. Yeah, we we. I haven't figured out how to make ours. The... So if somebody starts chatting with you on Snapchat, <laughs> and it's really weird and suggestive. If it's gentlemen, it's not, bro, it's not us. <laughs> uh, well, right, definitely. Not I mean, us. we've been accused of being weird before and yeah. suggestive. Yes, but never in an uh, uh, not aggressive together. way. Right, not weird and suggestive together. That's Only right. Suggestive or weird. Right, and yes. Uh, anyway, okay, Glenn. Well, it doesn't make us sound much better. Uh, well, nothing really will. That's true. Uh, Keep listening. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, Glenn, uh, let's go with the uh, drink of the week, which is the uh, oh, the pit's ultimate. One of the best parts of the gentleman podcast for us. That's right. Uh, we try out a new beer every podcast, um, and which is getting harder and harder as we plow through a hundred or so beers. We've been through a hundred and three episodes, and we've been able to have a unique beer every week, which is amazing and scary that there are so many craft beers out there now that we can do this yeah it's not like we live in a bustling metropolis of you know no we're not we're not in a we're, we're not couple, like in austin we're in we're just a couple of hayseeds kansas yeah in uh in lawrence kansas hicks so, fridge lick yeah exactly um so anyway i went with this uh craft brewery that i, I don't know if you well, all no. heard of it uh it's called samuel samuel adams mm. uh, i guess it goes by sam i don't sam. know sam adams mm. Um, and they have a winter lager. Okay. Now, this intrigued me because lagers and winter don't typically go together very well. That's true. Yeah. Also, what intrigued me about this beer is that a lot of the holiday beers have a little thing called cardamom in them. <laughs> and cardamom makes me vomit when I have it in a beer. I don't know what it is. It just ruins it for me. But it's in, like, every seasonal beer. I think, I think Christmas beers are the most... Glaring offenders of yes. bad yes. taste in beer. They're just like, well, how can we make this spicier and festive? Anyway, the Sam Adams Winter Lager does not cite cardamom in the, the lineup. It's got, a, it's a lager brewed with orange peel, cinnamon, and ginger. Now, okay. it might be a little crazy. That could be a little. You know, ginger is, uh, is a lovely, oops, sorry, I'm knocking the table here. Ginger is a lovely uh, spice. Yep. No, root? ginger spice is... It, it's a spice. Yeah. Scary spice was not so... <laughs> ginger spice. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, I had a thing for ginger spice. <laughs> um, so, I don't know where that was going, but it better not be in her offense, Brian. No, I would do um, So, anyway. Oh, I should probably talk a little bit about the uh, the makeup of this beer here. Yeah. Uh, it is a spiced wheat bock. Um, okay. It uh, uses a, a variety of hops, including the Noble, Holler Towel, and the Spalt Spalter. The Spalt Spalter is mm-hmm. a good one. Yep. Uh, we talked about the orange peel, ginger, and cinnamon. The color is a deep ruby brown. 
and it is 5.6% alcohol. Okay, so that's pretty pretty that's, pretty standard for a lager. Yeah. Well, for it's pretty standard for beer, any beer really. And then 22 IBUs, which is not standard for a lager. It's a little high for a lager. Just a little bit. But it's a seasonal. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. That wasn't like the uh, 7.8% alcohol, 40 IBU Christmas <laughs> ale that I got last time. So. Oh, man. Anyway. Um, Did not help our, our quality of podcasting, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, mm, smells interesting. Um... All right, I think I'm just going to dive in, Brian. All right, cheers. Cheers to Ginger. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's not bad. I like that, actually. It's really... Um, really subtle. It's very... It tastes like a brown ale or something. Yeah. They, um... It's got a deep... They, they say it has a deep flavor and a malty finish that will warm you on a cold winter's night. And I kind of agree I with that. I think that's a good uh, explanation of this beer. Very malty. Um. Yeah, the mm. test is always for me, Glenn. I always take a exorbitant drink, yeah. the first drink, really suck it in. Yeah, and then if you hear me start coughing, <laughs> that means that it's probably not going to go high on the rating scale. If there's like beer splattered on my yeah. my screen if over you, here, yeah. If you hear a bunch of water on the mic, um, yeah. But no, this is very smooth. Yeah, you really do dive head first into. I just, uh, Jump off the diving board, man! If there's water in there, total or not. immersion. Yeah. Mm. Uh, okay, Glenn. Well, um, interesting, interesting beer choice. Uh, good beer choice, I think. What uh, if you had to put your own personal rating on this winter lager from Samuel Adams? What would you uh, put on it? I would say, for starters, that my expectations are very low. Yeah. For seasonal. How beers, much was like, this one? Oh, uh, it was eight ninety nine. Okay, so, so right, right about- around. Yeah, the road we expect. Yeah, our average is eight fifty, so it's mm-hmm. a little bit more mm-hmm. expensive. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think, even though it's just a tad expensive, I think for the fact that they actually managed to make a seasonal beer that is supposed to be spicy, tasty. Yep. Um, I'm gonna give it some good marks for. It. I, I think it should get in the eighties. I think or eight, eight eights. I mean, I think it should be a. I got eight point two. You got eight point two. Yeah, I was gonna go eight four. Okay. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. Yeah, and uh, I like it. It's smooth, mild, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Got enough taste that you could, I mean, you could have on a at a winter party, oh. you know, Christmas party maybe. Yes, you could have some tunes on, get through a six pack of this, no, no problem. problem. Uh, so I'd go, yeah, eight four on that. But anyway, Glenn, uh, really doesn't matter what we think about this beer. What matters is what the proprietary computer system that we built called the Mustache Twist Scale Computer. Yes, uh, what the MTS computer thinks about this beer, and what the MTS computer does is we're going to type in some facts about this beer that we just reviewed and uh we're going to pump this into the mps computer and it will spit out an empirical description charts graphs uh exhaustive Tons summary of data it's it's machine learning it's you yeah. know uh big data analysis big data <laughs> statistics all that stuff man small breweries big data exactly that's that's the tagline yep uh, so anyway, uh, if you want to get in touch with us about buying this technology, please uh, contact howdyagentleman.com. P.O. Box 44235, Lawrence, Kansas, 66044. Okay, Glenn, so we said that the uh, – let's see. We, you got this pulled up here. You said that we've got uh, 5.6% alcohol by volume, mm-hmm. um, 4.4% alcohol by weight, uh, at SRM of 25. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then we have uh, 22 IBUs. 193 calories 
Uh, we have the price at $8.99, and this is a spiced wheat bock. Uh, and the hot varieties are Spalt Spalter and <laughs> Hirazu. <laughs> Butterfly. Noble hops. Noble, noble hops. Noble That's hops. actually oh, sorry. English. I, I, I mistyped that. Let me retype that. Noble uh, middle froth. Go, take the rock Noble yeah. hops. Okay. Uh, well, that's all the MTS needs to know. And then we just got to uh, gotta give it, like, I don't know. It's usually 10 to 15 seconds. Yep. And then we'll have an uh, empirical rating for this beer. This is good. It's dangerous. It's dangerous, too. It's very, yeah. I mean, I could drink at least six of these. Next hour or so. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Let me go. Let, let, let me go grab the uh, MPS report here, and we'll uh, see what uh, the actual appear. Okay. So we can grab this hot off the presses here. Uh, the MTS report. Okay. So let me uh, just get through the. See that you can't really talk about a, a graph. It just mm-hmm. on the air. So it's. I'm just gonna skip ahead to the actual score here. And uh, okay. And so there we go. Alright, so uh, according to the MTS computer, uh, the winter logger from Sammy Adams comes in at an eight point three. That's a that's a good score. That's a very good score. Uh, empirical, scientific, impartial. The MTS is your shining light of what a beer should be rated. And now we know an eight point three is what the Samuel Adams winter logger is. Exactly. And the other nice thing about this beer, Brian, is that if you're listening to this, there's a good chance that this is at your local liquor store because it's Sam Adams. Yep. Uh, it's like the McDonald's of craft beer. Yep. So, yeah, have at it. So go check it out. Uh, and speaking of things that are worth checking out, Glenn, let's talk about some interesting posts at in the last two weeks or so. Right. Uh, a lot this, of good stuff. This first thing that I wanted to talk about um, in this episode was something that I posted. And that's because this is a very serious situation that we have going on over in Britain right now that I don't know how many people are aware of. But, you know, it's our job to uh, bring things to light that are important uh, to the galaxy. Right. And uh, this is one of those things. Brian, before you begin, I think think we should have a little disclaimer that we typically stay away from topics such as religion. Right. Uh, Right. It's very personal. It's personal. We don't, you know, we don't like to get into that. Mm -hmm. Uh, we're, We're totally, you know cool with whatever but we're kind of we're kind of drawing a line in the sand today but today we've got to talk about religion we have a little bit because it'd be a disservice if we didn't because there is a charity commission in england and wales and uh this this charity commission uh in england and wales oversees uh a british organization's applications for non-profit charity status so basically if you want to be a charity you apply at this charity commission and they have the power, the force, to decide <laughs> whether or not you're a legit charity status yes. organization. And they have shot down a group known as the Temple of the Jedi Order for charity status, official England and Wales charity status. Uh, now, look, this isn't just some tiny order of Jedis. There's 177,000 practicing what? Members of this <laughs> Temple of Jedi Order. And these people... Wow. Uh, look, I, I just want to say that this this charity board is ignoring, at their own peril, mm. the these powerful Jedis. I don't know if you've watched Star Wars before, but uh, they have a little thing called a lightsaber. Right. That you, you know... And, I mean, they're kind of... And the Force. And the Force, you know. Can you imagine them in a courtroom? Yeah. It's not going to go well. Yeah. 
the judge would right. like to bring up uh, maybe it's Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> You know, kind of a loose cannon. Yeah, kind of a loose cannon. Uh, so anyway, uh, that's not the plaintiff you were looking for. They, they, the, uh, the, they talked to one of the commissioners uh, of this board, and <clears throat> they, they said, that, "Hey, these things, these decisions are difficult and complex. We're not going to explain it to you. We're just going to break it down and say, look, uh, Jedi's aren't really a real official organization." <laughs> so there you Ooh, have it. That's. Uh... 177,000 practicing. Uh, this article makes the point. Uh, this is an AV Club article that I'll link up on podcast.gentleman.com. It makes a point of saying, uh, you know, uh, Darth Vader must have not done a very good job wiping out the Jedis because there's still 177,000 of them in England. <laughs> in England alone. Exactly. Think so, of the worldwide number. Yeah, I know. It's it's astronomical. So, anyway, uh, uh-huh. just, uh, just something to, you know, I'm glad that they applied. Um, Apparently, uh, you know, England's not as as, as uh, forward thinking, forward thinking, as strong with the force as we would have hoped. No, so that is sad. Yeah. Um, it's good to know. I might visit there next year. Okay. Well, with, you should be aware. Family. They're anti Jedi. I know. <laughs> Are you an anti Jedi? So uh, look, I yeah. just gotta be. I just have to be really quiet about things. Very careful how I phrase things. Leave your lightsaber at home. Uh, yep, I'll have to. <laughs> at um, least don't brandish it in there's, public. There's a joke there. I'm not gonna. <laughs> wow, wow. Okay. Uh, um, anyway, Glenn, well, we should probably move on to the next yes, uh, we thing that we were going to talk about. It's even worse. <laughs> um, the next tack is another doozy. We have talked about a lot on the Gentleman Podcast over the years. Uh, this is this ranks up there in the top ten, I believe, of thing of incredible things that I. <laughs> this is every once in a while I'll read something on gentle, I'll read something on gentleman.com and I'll think to I'll sit back in my chair behind my desk I'll put my hands behind my head I'll lean back and I'll think this is why we created gentleman this stuff like this right here this this it sums up why gentleman exists is to link to stuff like this to get it in front of people all right the best part about this article is that um it's very unassuming. Our good friend Zamoose, longtime gentleman member. Uh, the first time I saw this tack, I thought, "What the crap is Zamoose doing?" I almost doing? skipped over it. I almost, I, I, I just almost didn't read this. Right. Much to my own chagrin. The title is Chris Connor's obituary, Portsmouth, New Hampshire. <laughs> right. All right. So you go. Over, I'm like, okay, this must be good because Zamoose has never really steered us wrong. Yep. And wow. Uh, apparently. There's a, a man named Chris Connors, and he left quite a legacy behind when he passed at the tender age of 67 mm. uh, earlier this year, or early in December. Um, let me just read the first part. <laughs> I'll read the subhead first. Irishman dies from stubbornness and whiskey. And then it goes on. Chris Connor died at age 67 after trying to box his bikini-clad hospice nurse just moments earlier. Ladies' man... Game Slayer and Outlaw, Connors told his last inappropriate joke on Friday, December 9th, 2016, that which cannot be printed here. <laughs> anyway, that's a little that's a little teaser. A little, yeah. This goes on and on. And I, I, on. Could, I could read the whole thing and you would be spellbound, but that right. would kind of de- defeat the purpose. It doesn't get any worse than that. It gets better. It only gets better, if you can believe that. But my favorite line, that's actually pretty great, um... 
is he lived a thousand years in the 67 calendar years we had with him because he attacked life. He grabbed it by the lapels, kissed it, and swung it back on the dance floor. Mm. That's a great line. That is a great line. Uh, I don't know who wrote this. Whoever wrote this really, this is the best, this is the best obituary I've ever read in my life. It is. It's incredible. It's like, you know, what you would hope gets written about you when you're, when you're passed on. Yeah, it's, it's, you, you only, yeah, you only hope that somebody writes this about you. Uh, I, I wonder if his, I'm sure it's one of his friends. Right. The, art, the, the obituary goes on and talks about how basically he's, he's literally, he sounds like the most interesting man in the world. You know, mm-hmm. the commercials that. Yeah, that's, that's a good way to say um, yeah. Uh, at the age of 26, he planned to circumvent the world. Instead, he ended up spending 40 hours in a life raft off the coast of Panama. Uh, he founded a rugby club. Uh, he sustained a knife wounds, wound. <laughs> sustained a knife wound after saving a woman from being mugged. Uh, he climbed Everest at 64. <laughs> and then another great line: Throughout his life, he was an accomplished hunter and birth birth control device tester. With some failures, notably Caitlin, Chris, and Liam, which are his children. So, uh, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, it sounds like. <laughs> Sorry, I'm reading it while I'm trying to talk about it. It's just it's hard to pull away from. So it sounds like Chris Connors indeed led a full and uh, you know glorious life, and so uh, it's a very cool obituary. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I, this was, this was a really great find and I'm, I'm, I feel better for having, uh, read it. You know, you, you click through the article too and you, you see his picture and you're like, and you believe everything. Yeah. You instantly believe everything right. that was written about this guy. Yeah. But he, he has a, a, uh, a, a, you know what eating grin. Yeah. From the get go. No, just, yeah, he, he looks like the, exactly the type of guy that this, this obituary is describing. Uh, so sad to see, uh. Chris Connors go apparently because the world sounds like it was a better place with him, but uh, I, apparently he had a, a great loving family and a friend that was good enough to write this uh, great summarization of his life. Um, so anyway, uh, step over to podcast.gentleman.com, check it out, and uh, I will link it up there, and you can read all about the legendary Chris Connors, the myth, the man, the mystery, the legend. Uh, okay, Glenn. Well, let's talk about one more post from Gentleman.com in the last two weeks or so. Uh, and this one is something that's close to our hearts, something we touched on when we started the episode tonight. Uh, and this is called How Jerry Maguire Ruined the Sports Agency Industry. And this was posted by Razorback. And, uh, you know, uh, this is a ESPN.com article. And I was kind of surprised by that. I thought it was going to be I didn't know what I expect when I clicked on it. Right. But because it was Jerry Maguire related, I had to find had out. Had to click. It was Razorback plus Jerry Maguire equals this has got to be something i got to find out about. And this is a long story uh, on ESPN.com. And, and the gist of it is this. Uh, 20 years ago, which is hard to believe, but 20 years ago Jerry Maguire came out and it took the country by storm. Uh, in fact, it was the second highest grossing uh, sports movie of all time behind Rocky. So Rocky was the movie that it was was behind, which is uh, incredible because, of course, Rock, Rocky was a juggernaut of a sports movie. Right. Um, so anyway, but th- the point is, this, this movie was so successful, it really showed a light on an industry that wasn't too much in the spotlight at that point. Yeah. The w- sports agency 
the sports agent uh, industry, basically. And uh, the, basically, from, from that point on, programs, uh, sports management programs, sprouted up all over the country in right. various universities. Yep. Uh, everybody wanted to be a sports agent all of a sudden. And there were all these university programs that were encouraging people to do it and getting their hopes up about how much money they were going to be making for this. Um, I believe it was the the fame with it and being able to hang out with the the pro athletes and all this stuff. Yeah, exactly. And so Jerry Maguire makes this thing seem so, you know, fun and and exciting and something you want to go do and make all this money at. (laughs) And it turns out that the market then became so saturated with people that wanted to become sports agents, that the money all dried up. It got less and less and less and less. And to the point where, you know, these people had all come out of these sports management programs and they were applying for, like thousands of people were applying for one job and taking a pittance to do ridiculous, you know, tasks and, and stuff, you know, just yeah because everybody wanted to be a sports agent all of a sudden right. so they were able to ma- manipulate the situation so anyway it's a really interesting read just about the uh the idea of what you see on film and and how that relates to actual real life uh and it, this one this actually reminded me a lot of the software industry because right it, i feel like the software industry is something right now that you see in movies yeah, you know, like Mr. Culture. Robot and right. you know, like all these all these different shows and stuff social like that. Network. Yeah, social yeah, just like, you know, pop culture stuff that really glorifies software development or something. And it's you know It's I, not true. Well yeah. One. <laughs> it's not true. It's really boring. And um but yeah, I, so I this one kinda hit home with me just because I thought about like you you there's kind of a romanticized version of of the sports agent thing mm-hmm. and it got a generation of people into an industry flooded the industry made it basically insolvent and then uh you know it's still not it's still not in the right place because of it basically yeah it, it uh they said uh, there's a stat in the article somewhere it said like at one point uh every two out of every five agents didn't actually have a a client uh, two, two out of every five registered agents. There's right. like a thousand had zero clients. Had zero clients. Yeah. Had no sports clients. They had to like reach out to other right industries. So just like they make ends meet. And yeah, according I, according to this you know this article, Mark Cuban, who's the former uh, you know yeah software or not software. What, what did Mark Cuban do? He, uh, is it Radio.com or Broadcast.com? Some like, internet. It got, yeah. It's a anyway, big startup. He's a billionaire software yeah. guy. Yeah. Now he owns the Dallas Mavericks, right? And he was he was saying that you know basically all these programs popped up, and there were literally thousands of people applying for each open position. I think you get, get a situation like that happening, obviously not a good career move. Yeah, and it only favored the athletes too because they were able to get cheaper cheaper commissions. Mm-hmm. They could just say, "Well, there's a hundred of you who want to, right. you know, land me. Let's just bring us the race." Jerry, to the Jerry. <laughs> Um, I think the bigger story here is that, uh, look, I I don't really care about the sports agent industry. What matters here is that Jerry Maguire was a landmark movie. It was an incredible movie. I remember watching it with my girlfriend at the time. uh, And just even though I was like at that age where I probably should have been paying attention to the girlfriend, 
Like the whole time I was watching the movie thinking, this is an awesome movie. <laughs> I'm going to be a sports agent. This is an awesome movie. Uh, and, um, yeah, it, it was, uh, I mean, Cuba Gooding Jr., he won an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor. As well he should. As well he should. Right, I mean, that well. was... I think Best Supporting Actor, I mean, Jay Moore. Yeah, right, right. Bob Sugar. That's right. Right there. Uh, you know, uh, so... Th- right out of the gates. He's, he's uh, yeah, front and Yeah, frame center. one, you know? Uh, this is the only movie by Cameron Crowe that is that I could sit back and watch yeah, his, over and over again. His movies are... Pretty bad. Um... Yeah, but you and I like we'll 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 quote Jerry Maguire on a week weekly basis, basically. When we the when we released the uh, the ability to embed you know animated gifs and stuff like that, that was probably our first. It was a picture I, I put I posted a picture <laughs> Rod Tiddle well, the end zone dance. dancing. Yeah. So that's a that's a common uh, in joke inside inside joke right with uh, glenn and i yeah it's something like something jerry Maguire. Involved. show me the money show me the money yeah uh i got a favor for you brian yeah <laughs> you're my quad you're my yeah, mr quad i told you i wasn't gonna cry <laughs> <laughs> i love you you're a little bit melting but i still love you uh so anyway glenn mm-hmm. any excuse we have to talk about jerry Maguire? brian yeah stop you had me at hello. <laughs> you had me at welcome to the gentleman podcast. <laughs> um, so anyway, Glenn, yeah, I, I mean, it's too bad that the uh, sports agent industry went down to flames thanks to Cameron Crowe and Jerry Maguire. But <laughs> you know, Tom Cruise, you knew he was gonna he was gonna ruin some industry at the end of the day. When you watch that movie, you you want to you want to be Tom Cruise. You want to be yeah, the, the sports agent that risks everything to you know be best buds with your. Pro football client. I'm going to write a gentleman manifesto. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what we need. We should be supporting our members. Right. Exactly. Oh, boy. Uh, okay. So, anyway. Um, so, interesting post. Interesting mm-hmm. thing to know about. Um, I don't know how the sports agent industry works. But. I feel like that kind of. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm not remembering things very well. But I feel like from that point on, there's a keen interest to kind of. Showing the the people behind the people, yeah, kind of stuff right, like right. West Wing. Yeah, that show is about the staffers, not necessarily the president, mm-hmm. or like uh, actually a lot of uh, Aaron Sorkin stuff. But maybe yeah. I'm just looking at through Aaron Sorkin stuff. But right. you know, a lot of a lot of focusing on like, like the who, yeah the smaller aspects of a bigger of the pro athlete that who's you know yeah crunching the numbers behind the scenes yeah. right exactly mm-hmm. yeah no that's true that's very yeah it's interesting because I wonder if a lot of us can relate more. Yeah, to, to the, the man behind the, the, right. somebody. Yeah, anyway. yeah, it makes sense. Let's get real okay. deep. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Glenn. Well, uh, that means speaking of getting deep, it's time for the uh, gentleman toast this week, Glenn. Yes. And uh, this is it's a sad one. This is a sad one. I, you know, I stopped thinking about these as being sad because the the old adage is don't be you know sad that someone's gone. Be glad for the time you had with them. That's right. You know what I mean. Uh, and this is one of these people that we keep talking about on uh, the Toast segment of the Gentleman Podcast. Uh, and this is, of course, I, I started looking through stuff today, and there's only one person I could think of that we had to toast in the Gentleman Podcast. Had to. Uh, and that is the the ridiculously awesome Craig Sager, mm-hmm. um, who is most well-known for his 
NBA uh, stuff, uh, sideline reporting from the NBA, as well as the NCAA tournament right, as well. Right. Uh, I guess he does uh, pro baseball stuff too. Um, Did. I, but I, I, I didn't. You know, I, I was only familiar with him from his wild outfits. Right. Uh, where he would, you know, I, I was reading about his uh, his basketball sideline reporting was mm-hmm. legendary, and it, he really stood out because of his immense like array of sports jackets that he yeah. had that were plaid and paisley and <laughs> any kind of thing that you could ever Bright, think of garish colors yeah uh, and uh, it's. It, I was reading about it. and He said, you know, he he never basically wore the same jacket twice. He would always have a different jacket every time. And I think that I thought that was really interesting because, first of all, no one else has the guts to do this. Right. Second of all, I mean, you know, you're you're kind of expected to wear a, a, a suit kind of thing on the sidelines. You know, your tie and all this stuff. Yep. Uh, so it's an interesting innovation that this guy came up with to kind of. Take that to a, a weird level that really makes it stick out in your mind. Right. Um, so I thought that was really cool. Also, his personality on the sideline was great. Uh, I always really appreciated that about him. And I always look forward to seeing him in the tournament. You know, you'd yeah. see, like in the NCAA tournament, you see him on the sidelines, and it was like, you know, it's great, it's great to see the guy on there. So um, I, I loved just waiting for the halftime so that they would go and talk to coaches. Right. Because his dynamic with coaches was always fun. It was like what he wore really kind of kind of uh, put at ease. Disarmed. Or kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Disarmed. disarmed. Somebody, Good yeah. word. Uh, mm-hmm. Disarmed the coach. You know, they could have a yeah. frustrating half, and they'd see him right. walking over in a bow tie and like an orange blazer, and you're like, well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I heard um, after he passed this week, uh, I heard a uh, – I heard an interview with Kevin Harlan. He's a legendary broadcaster, and he mm-hmm. actually was the voice of the Chiefs. So he was on a, a local stadium, like he was on a local channel, mm-hmm. uh, sports channel, and he was talking about Craig Sager. And he was saying that he had a couple interesting stories about him. One that when they'd go on like planes, and Craig was there, he'd have like an array of these suits, and he would actually spend time like. He'd lay them out and like have ties, and he would be like, "What do you think of this combination?" And they're like, "Why are you asking us like this?" Is... And he loved it. Like Craig, just it was like his thing. Like, yeah, he never took himself seriously enough because people gave him crap for it all the time. Oh, like, sure. man, you, yeah. you can't be. And, he's, and he just laughed it off, and it was right. like his thing. Um, but I guess uh, um, so. There's that, and then um, I guess while he was while he was battling leukemia, it was leukemia, right? Yep. While he was battling leukemia, um, I guess his attitude was just like you couldn't you couldn't have found like a more you know inc- incredible inspiration. Just uh-huh. how he he handled everything, and just you know just top notch about it all. And yeah. he was an inspiration to a lot of people who were going through that too. So um, yeah, he, it's it's very hard to stay positive when exactly everything's falling all down around you. Uh, so the people that can do that, I have an immense appreciation oh. and respect for. Yeah, um, he he le- he left a big hole when he, yeah. when he left. Yeah, um, but I guess apparently this is really cool. Apparently ESPN um, because I think he worked mostly with ESPN. Maybe TNT for the NBA and a couple other. I mean, he he worked for a bunch of different okay. networks and stuff like that during the entire time he's been doing. Stuff. I, I thought Kevin Harlan said it was ESPN, but if okay. if you work with yeah. Kevin, if you work with Craig, like ESPN uh, for the funeral, they said you know, hey, 
take you, take your spouse, we're going to fly you down, we're going to put right. you up somewhere so you can go to the funeral. So it was like a ton of people, and they just comped it all, and they said, you know. Yeah. They, they wanted to, it was like a nice, it was a really nice gesture for. Yeah, that's cool. For um, one of the most memorable broadcasters, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, absolutely. So, anyway. Huh. He's one of those people that I think wouldn't want people to be sad that he was gone. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so. So anyway. All right. Well, cheers to uh, Craig. Craig. Uh, wearing his orange blazer in the sky. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> okay, Glenn. Well, that means it's time for the... Um, <clears throat> hot button Topic. And uh, this week, Glenn, uh, it, it so a couple episodes ago, just a couple episodes ago, we talked about a little wonderkind, <laughs> a little doohickey that was going to revolutionize our time. By revolutionize, I mean take it all away. And it's called the NES Classic. Right. And right. Um, the problem, uh, back you know, back in those halcyon days of us talking about the NES Classic and which games we were going to enjoy. Won't it be great? Which, you know, what was your favorite games we were going to play on the NES Classic? There was one little thing that we didn't calculate nope. in on that discussion. And that was that there are no NES Classics anywhere <laughs> that anyone can buy. <laughs> uh, this is the hoverboard thing over again. Apparently, I don't know. There's a lot of conjecture out there. And some people are saying, and I I might, look, we're going to find out what you think, what I think, right. but I, a lot of people think that the Nintendo Entertainment System Company are intentionally withholding stock of the NES Classic to build up demand artificially so that there's a furor for it, and therefore they maintain a strong... Uh, you know, strong amount of units shipped. It looks good. It builds buzz up for them. All this stuff, um, all at the expense of everybody that just wants to play a little Legend of Zelda. I just want to play a little Legend of Zelda. That's all. me. It's Castlevania. I know. Yeah, and we talked about Super Contra. Right, Super Contra. Will it be as good or better than regular Contra? Contra? Yeah. Oh man, we had a lot of discussions about this stuff. And it wasn't just on the podcast. It was like every minute of every hour since then. Yes. That's all we've been talking about. And uh, at this point, it looks like we're never going to know. We'll never know. And apparently, um, earlier in the week, uh, they announced, oh, they're going to have a flash sale I think, uh, with some, some reta- retailers or something. And they had like it was like Black Friday. They had like a ticketing system. And only a few people got the... Uh, this is this reminds me of when I bought a um, Nintendo Wii. Um, yeah, and this is something that is a re- the, the the reason why people are up in arms about this is because this is a recurring theme with Nintendo. Mm. And whether it's a coincidence <laughs> or they intentionally do this, I don't know. But I remember this when we, when I got the Nintendo Wii because when believe it or not, when the Nintendo Wii came out, it was like the hot christmas oh. gift item that yeah. no one could find yeah and so i entered a drawing on amazon really they, they did this thing where it was like this weird one-off thing on amazon and it was like into this drawing and if you win you get the chance to buy the the nintendo wii 
You get the chance to buy them. You get the chance. <laughs> you, it was like a one in a thousand chance or something. I don't remember what the odds were, but it was long. The odds were long. They, this was some, they, they, there was none of these anywhere. I could have sold this thing on eBay for like five hundred bucks or something. Oh yeah, remember. probably more. Uh, but I won that damn lottery and I bought a Wii and I was one of the first people to have a Nintendo Wii and wow. I loved it. It was great. I took the Wii to my girlfriend at the time, her family's house, and we all gathered around the television and played some Wii Sports. <laughs> and it was a lot of fun. We had some good time. Yeah, we were, you know, re- yeah, yeah. It was like revolutionary. <laughs> it was like virtual reality. Like, it was like uh, Pokemon Go, uh, augmented reality for back in the day. <laughs> but anyway, um, so I, I, but I have, I, I've not been able to be so lucky this time. No, it's, uh, it's, it's providing Nintendo, you know, shame on you. Uh, if Apple can ship. Millions and millions of phones. Exactly. At the drop of a hat. Exactly. And you're just... It's like a measly little NES fits in your hand. It's like USB. a little Raspberry Pi. It is. That's all it is. Yeah. Raspberry Pi can do this. Yes. They can ship that many. Right. Uh, or whoever makes Raspberry Pi. You know I have what I mean? a like, hard time thinking that they had no idea... That's their that's their company line. The president came out and said, "Oh, we didn't know the demand was going to be this severe for this thing." So who knew that the people would want our most popular product ever? The most popular product ever with all this press and everybody <laughs> saying they couldn't wait to get a hold of it. And then we had weeks coming up to the the release point in November, and, and we didn't know when Christmas was. Yeah, and... it's just a whole surprise <laughs> for us. And we're just, this is the first time we've ever really released a console. So I mean, we teased it like a year ago. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so they're uh, a bunch of fat slappers, Brian. I'm gonna come out and say it. I, I fool me once. They, they, yeah. Shame I don't know. You. I, I, it's more believable with something like the Nintendo Wii because it's like, okay, well, maybe there's some technology in there that they're having a hard time. That like, was pretty new. Yeah, it was new stuff, and like I don't, you know, the Nintendo Classic. <laughs> it's the same. The classic <laughs> is the part that's been around for thirty years. That's the classic part. <laughs> Now so, there is a USB port, right? But the, <laughs> it's classic for a reason. Uh, I don't. The, the technology was worked out in 1985. I know because I was there. So, <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah, I look. I just want my damn Nintendo Classic. As an American, I feel like I I deserve this Nintendo Classic. I feel like it's a constitutional right. And That's right. um, you know, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go to some extreme lengths to make sure that I get one. Yeah, this is this is tricky though because this is an overseas company. They're not beholden to our uh, our you know this this is America. <laughs> <laughs> I deserve a Nintendo Classic <laughs> this Christmas. Uh, no, I yeah, it, it's tough. I. The, the crazy thing is, Glenn, people are buying these things on eBay for $250. Oh, yeah. It's a $60 thing. Yep. And that's probably a little inflated. 500%? Uh, oh, you mean the $60 the part? The $60 part. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, you know, it's it's kind of limited. that You get like a controller with a three-foot cable and, <laughs> you know, you get a lot of cool <laughs> games, but it's not expandable or anything. 
Nope. So it's just like a, a little tiny computer with a bunch of Nintendo games on it, which is really cool, and I want one, right. but not for $250. I think it was on uh, Mac Rumors or what, one of these sites out there was talking about the, the shortage. And they said that there is a Kickstarter for this company that's building an emulator. Yeah. But, but instead of 30 games, there's thousands that you can have. And I guess the jurisdiction's a little funny. <laughs> yeah, with I bet having, it is. but because emulators are like they're not the same, but they kind of are, and they don't really. It's kind of hard to say it's how. It's never they, been like narrowed down. So if you buy it for like a specific purpose, uh, I'm using air quotes there. Like right. if you buy it to back up your, your existing games, games that you bought, that in I bought in 1985. Yes, then it's fine and okay to use. Okay, that's great. Yeah. Um, I think that's totally. Yep. But I mean, the Kickstarter is like. I think it's a lot more money than sixty dollars. That the uh, I Nintendo is playing a uh, little game of chicken here, mm. and it's a game that I think eventually they're going to lose because people can go out there and they can buy emulators and yeah alternate um, things that could take the place of this thing. So there uh, are Nintendo emulators. Online. Yeah. Um, I'm doing a Google search right now. NintendoEmulator.com. <laughs> Emulator.online. Yeah. What do I want to play here? There's Zelda. Uh, let's just see if I can play here. Oh, it's Super Zelda. Oh, yeah. See, look, I don't need a, I don't need a classic NES. Oh, look at that. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yes. Okay, well, I guess I don't have to. Okay, Glenn and I are going to go play uh, Legend of Zelda for <laughs> the next six hours. Um, oh. Well, anyway, Glenn. Yes. I, it's... If if it turns out that Nintendo did this on purpose, I think they should be brought to justice in the United States of America. A Senate committee mm-hmm, mm-hmm. should be having hearings on this right now. Did you or did you not know mm-hmm. that there was going to be a strong demand for this console? That's right. That's right. I'm imagining myself as like the senator with the microphone. Yeah. You know, talking to... <laughs> yeah. Shigeru Miyamoto, or whatever the guy's name is. This is Brian McCarthy. Uh, McKinney. Yeah, exactly. Uh, did you did you not know that there was going to be a strong demand for this console, in fact, during this Christmas season? Yeah. This classic Nintendo console that was only $60. Did you not know that there would be a strong demand? Comprende, senor. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Glenn. But it could. Well, well, we'll see. Hopefully it won't come to that. I'm hoping that... Cooler heads will prevail. Look, yep. it's uh, December 24th today. Mm-hmm. So I'm expecting that by the end of the day, all the major retailers will have Nintendo Classics in stock that I can just buy. Uh, I could just go to the local convenience store and buy my Nintendo Classic. Yeah. And if it doesn't happen, I will be forced to take stronger measures. The crazy thing is, Brian, if there were 30 games in Nintendo Classic... Mm. And they came out with another version with 30 different games. I'd probably buy another one. Yeah. Yep. I don't know why. Nintendo Classic It doesn't too. make any sense, but yeah. I would do it, I think. Yes. Um, 
Lynn and I were really bummed because we were gonna we were gonna buy that as like a, our a gift to each other just because like yeah you know we both would would love it and, yeah and you can't find it no there's no way to get it and I will not pay somebody on eBay no no way that's just not I don't care if it was the most important thing in the world to Mm-mm. me the yeah. principle of the matter is that you don't. You don't count down now to. Uh, <laughs> you don't negotiate with yeah, buyers. We yeah sellers exactly. Uh, <laughs> that's no two hundred fifty dollars is just not. That's not right. You know, just because Nintendo's that's what Nintendo's doing is that they're just really creating this market for people to, you know, get a hold of them and and resell them. I wonder if they're Nintendo employees. Could be. I bet they are. Could be. Oh man, I don't know. Well, anyway, Glenn, uh, I'm gonna. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna wait until the, uh, December 26th, and then magically I'm gonna guess that within a few weeks, yeah, all of a sudden you're gonna be able to go to Amazon and buy that damn console, no problem. Not a problem at all. Uh, okay, Glenn. Well, uh, we got that sorted out. I think. Kind of. Uh, which we always do. Yes. We always ambiguously sort things out uh, during the <laughs> hot button topic. Uh, anyway, Glenn, that means it's time for our final segment for the Gentleman Podcast, and that is the question from the Gentleman Mailbag, Glenn. Mm-hmm. And this week, it's it's Christmas time. Tomorrow's mm-hmm. Christmas. Yes. And that, that means it's time to, uh, to think about one, if you could have one Christmas wish. Okay. And wow. and and, and okay. that that Christmas wish came true for you this Christmas. What would it be? Yeah, you know, I thought about I I had the uh, benefit of knowing just slightly in advance what we were gonna mm-hmm. talk about for this. Yeah. Um, yes. And my gut reaction, you know, it's a selfish wish, mm. but. Here's what it is, Brian. This Christmas, I wish that Bill Murray would just show up at some event that I'm at and crash it. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's doing... He's he, he, he's all over the place. Random. Every week we're reading, he's at A retirement party, party yeah. you know, a retirement home or whatever. And um, I, I really think that my day is coming. If you're just playing the odds, mm-hmm. I'm saying he does like one a month. I think I could if I if I make myself visible enough, he'll be at something, some some bachelor party or he he could do it. Yeah, that would be a good one. That would be good to uh, bump into him. That would be my Christmas wish. I've I've long ever since he started doing this, I thought that we should build a Bill Murray tracker, hmm. like a chronological like that? map mm-hmm. of his latest. You know, yeah, absolutely. He's always showing up on, you know, just do a Google search for yep. where Bill Murray is today. Yep. And he'll show up. Um, so, yeah, it's a good, 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 good point. Uh, that's a good one. That's a real good one. It's a good, good wish, Glenn. Uh, <laughs> Has nothing to do with Christmas or well, Yuletide but, but, or but yeah. family. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It just came to me, man. Right. I'm just going mm-hmm. with it. Okay. Uh, okay, so I... I, I just thought of this off the top of my head because I didn't really have any preconceived notion about what I would wish for if there's one Christmas wish that I had. But I thought about this, and this this probably is pretty close to like if I sat down and thought about it, this is probably pretty close to what if there was one wish that I could have. Uh, 
Uh, and that would be, you know, I was thinking about what does Christmas mean, you know? And the first thing that popped in my head was goodwill toward men. Mm. And so my wish would be that before anyone anywhere gets in any kind of disagreement or, mm. you know, row about something, whether it's with your spouse or your friend or your, you know, whoever, uh, that they stop and think about the other person mm. before they get angry about something. Mm. And I wonder how much pain mm. that would that would alleviate in the world. That would be my wish. So you said Bill Murray, and I said better man kind pain in the world. So interesting. Two it's different. A t- it's a toss up as to which one's, which one's better. If Bill Murray shows up at your party, uh-huh. or uh, yeah. I stop pain in the free world. You help humanity. Uh, you, you, yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, it's a tough call. Uh, so if there's one, you know, um, yeah. But no. So if that that would be mine. That would be goodwill towards men. Yes. Think about the other person before you, uh, before you hmm. jump to conclusions about stuff. That's good. Walk a mile. In the other walk a mile in the shoes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. I'm gonna have to remember that one. Walk a mile in another man's shoes. Yeah. That would be. That would be. That would be mine. Let's let's have a little peace, love, and understanding. Wow, Brian is is what I would say. Look, so this is Christmas, Glenn. What have you done? You know, another year older. No Bill Murray <laughs> parties have begun. So, <laughs> so this is Christmas. <laughs> uh, so anyway, well, Glenn, I just I didn't have that. I'm long. I didn't have that long to think about what I'd do, and so that on the spot in three minutes, <clears throat> I say that would probably that would be my go-to. Let's reduce the the friction in the world. Get more people loving each other. That's right. That's what this world needs. Make love, not war. Mm-hmm. As the hippie Egyptians would say. Egyptians, <laughs> ancient mm-hmm. Egyptians. Yes, and probably something about cats because they had a thing about cats. <laughs> but I, let's just sweep that to the side. Yeah. Well, we don't need to. We don't need to go into that. All right. Well, anyway, Glenn, that's that would be mine, and a Nintendo classic. Yeah. <laughs> that, that would be <laughs> peace on earth peace on earth and Nintendo classic goodwill towards me. Brian and just, <laughs> yeah, I want to sell it on eBay so uh, 500% markup yeah this is yeah, it's a lot of markup yep you know yep. Uh, guess some sucker out there needs to buy it for their kid and I'm going to take advantage of that uh, and those shicers hmm so anyway, all right, Glenn. Well, uh, that was episode 104. That's uh, the very special Christmas episode of the, the Remote Podcast. In the books, yeah. Christmas, a yep. couple days away here. Is this episode 104 or 103? I think no. it's 104. Gosh. I think we just did 103. Okay. Uh, hopefully it's 104. I don't know. It, it, there could, maybe there's a lost episode in there somewhere. <laughs> um, oh, man. But anyway, Glenn. That would not be good. All right. Well, uh, everybody out there, have a happy Christmas. Yes. Walk a mile in another man's shoes. Hopefully Bill Murray shows up at your house. And for Christmas under your tree, you have a Nintendo Classic. That's what I hope for you this Christmas. Yes. All those things. I'm with Brian there. Lockstep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what that's what uh, the, gentleman, the gentleman guys would say yep. to your Christmas. Bill Murray, 
Better World Nintendo Classic. Nintendo Classic. Uh, and a good day to use her. That's right. <laughs> uh, anyway, all right. Well, I'm Brian McKinney. I'm Glenn Stansberry. Uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you in two weeks for the 2017 version of the Jimmy Podcast. Wow, that sounds weird. I'm, I've just got started writing 2016. From the future. From the future. The future is now. The future is now. We'll be, well, to get you from the flying car. <laughs> the flying autonomous car. The running stoplights. Yes. All right. And a hologram. That's right. Something. I don't know. Uh, okay, well, uh, thanks for everybody listening. We'll see you. Have a good Christmas. Good night. Good night.